Hey there, friend. We're so glad you could join us. Here we like to highlight the best of humanity while offering a dose of positivity to hopefully brighten your day. But more importantly, we want you to know whatever you're going through, whatever you're feeling, you're not alone. We're here to stand with you. I'm Chuck Rendon. And I'm Amy Nalloway. And this is A World of Hopes. All right. So Amy and I have something a little different for you this week. A couple episodes back, we teased something new we were working on uh, around our recommendations. Uh, As you recall, Amy and I used to offer up a recommendation at the end of each show. But as our lives began to get a bit busier... (laughs) (laughs) it started to get a little challenging to come up with a recommendation every week. So we decided to hold off on that and we wanted to spin it off into something that uh, we could dive a little deeper into some of the films we like. And what we're presenting here to you for the very first time is CineSpark. Uh, Cine, of course, being tied into films and Spark being tied into hope, inspiration, kind of that spark within us. And uh, yeah, we just want to uh, take the opportunity with these segments periodically to talk about films that we enjoy uh, and particularly look at them through the lens of positivity and hope. That's right. And so for our first CineSpark, we've chosen something fun. A nice family film. Yes. I think it's family friendly. Yeah. I think so, too. I think I think kids... um, I mean, there's there's a little bit of scare. There's some scary stuff if you're little, little, but exciting. I mean, if you're a Disney, if you're a Disney person, I think this is a great one to watch with the family because it's sort of all the classic Disney tales or bits and pieces of them sort of rolled into one, in, in my opinion. But our Spark is on. Dun, dun, dun. Disney's Enchanted. Having Enchanted be the first film we talk about here is apropos because, funny enough, when I was re-watching Enchanted back in November, which I believe was when it first premiered on Disney+, Plus, which, by the way, I, that took forever. <laughs> That's another story. <laughs> Enchanted was the film that just made me think of Cinespark and doing this segment on the show, so... It just seems appropriate that we start with the film that actually inspired the segment. Well, there you go. Yeah. When I think of movies that I've watched, can definitely see uh, the hope and positivity seeping from this movie. But uh, did you ever watch it when it first was released? What was that back in 2000? 2007. Seven? Yeah. yeah quite, a, quite a bit ago. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do remember, actually. I remember going to the theater to see it. I was very intrigued, but also I, I really wasn't sure what to expect. Because going into it, I really thought it was going to be just this spoof that Disney was doing on their classic fairy tale films. And there was definitely some of that. But I think it, at its heart, it took itself a lot more serious than I was expecting. And I was pleasantly surprised by that. Yeah, I I definitely felt like they were uh, kind of more paying homage to <laughs> all of yes, the yes. the little you know s- scenes the kind of the key scenes actually if I think about it of from you know so many of the the princess fairy tales and um, I mean I even think back to the very first 
Disney movie that I became completely obsessed with as a child was Sleeping Beauty. And Uh, I had that movie memorized from start to finish. But kind of that um, iconic Disney, the the fairy tale book, (laughs) the the big orchestral um, kind of opening playing as the the book is there and opens and the story begins with Once Upon a Mm -hmm. Time, you know, and that's exactly how they opened this movie. We should probably say this up top. There might be slight spoilers here. (laughs) If you've never seen it. Yep. Yeah, I realized the film was released in 2007, but just in case you haven't (laughs) seen it, it is on Disney Plus. If you want to go in completely clean, recommend stopping the podcast now, watch it, and then coming back. And there you go. Yep. yep, (laughs) Getting in all the nerdy talk with us. But (laughs) you mentioned the book, and there are a ton of like Disney Easter eggs, but one of my favorite is the narrator being Julie Andrews. (laughs) Yeah. Like it's so good. And you never actually see her in physical form, but. She's the perfect quintessential narrator. And there's just something uh, about her voice. It it just lends itself to Disney, you know, especially, you know, if you were at Disneyland for the 50th fireworks, like she was the voice (laughs) for that. Yeah. It was very very apropos. Yes, I agree. Definitely agree. But yeah, that's that's just the that's just the icing on the cake when it comes to this movie. (laughs) Yeah, it really is like. Yeah. If you're a fan of classic Disney animation and storytelling, there there's so many Easter eggs in this film. It, it's great. It definitely was a love letter of sorts to, you know, those classic films. So before we get too deep into it, uh, and just in case you, you haven't watched it, Disney Plus describes Enchanted as a Disney fairy tale comes to life in modern day Manhattan when an animated princess is sent into a live action world by an evil queen. When she falls for a handsome lawyer, she'll find out if her storybook view of romance can survive in the real world. So that is the brief synopsis. And, you know, the the film opens in the animated world of Andalasia, which is your typical kind of Disney fairy tale land. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it opens with Giselle, who is our main character, meeting her prince, Prince Edward. And, of course... (laughs) immediately falling in love because that's you know how it works in disney stories no 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 she dreamt about her prince first that's true oh that's true that's true remember she dreamt about her prince and she she was singing to all of the animal creatures that were her friends <laughs> and and remember just like in in cinderella where the 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 birds and the mice helped make cinderella's dress they helped to build her like model of her prince. Right, right. <laughs> so she dreamt about him first. And then uh, in, a, in a valiant rescue effort, I mean, although she literally like falls into him, <laughs> like, <laughs> literally falls on top of the guy. And then they fall in love and sing the song with, they know the words magically, you know, that's... <laughs> Oh, that, like that's in movies how it works. where yeah. they, they know the words to the songs, they you know the dance know. moves. Yeah. And yeah, so they, they knew they sang a song together and they were off to be married. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, the evil stepmother, the evil queen, uh, you know, in, in very typical evil queen fashion, just did not yes. want her position usurped. So naturally, she had to banish Giselle to our world <laughs> to the horrible real world 
<laughs> yes. Or things are definitely not a fairy tale. You are banished from the fairy tale animation kingdom and you are sent to New York. Goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> oh, now, I don't man. know. How, how did you feel about the transition? Did you find... Because I thought it was rather interesting how they did that. You know, how she kind of fell down the hole. It was very similar to Alice in Wonderland, you know, going down the rabbit hole. Mm-hmm. But like when she lands at the bottom there uh, with all the fairy dust and then it kind of flips us and then we see that she it's like a manhole cover, like she's basically in the sewer. Uh, I thought that was an interesting reveal. It was kind of a cool transition, really. Yeah, I remember when it happened watching it the first time and I was like, whoa, <laughs> I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was clever. And then the different ways that um, as we continue watching, there's several characters that end up coming from Andalasia to New York. Right. Um, and just the different ways that they make their entrance is very fitting <laughs> for their characters. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's very dramatic fun. entrance for the prince, you know. Yes. Yes. And then, uh, you know, his uh, servant or Nathaniel's Nathaniel. awkward. <laughs> he comes awkward in entrance. rear end first, of course. Yeah. And poor Pip. <laughs> the yes, little squirrel. Pip, the squirrel who could talk in Andalasia finds himself, uh, you know, without a voice in the real he, world. He he speaks. Well, I mean, this is a, a uh, Emperor's New Groove reference, but he speaks squirrel <laughs> in New go. York. Nice. Squeak, 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 squeak them. <laughs> yeah. This is one of my favorite scenes early on, though, is uh, when uh, the prince is on top of the bus and he, like, stabs it with his sword. And then the bus driver gets out. <laughs> and so she chews him out. But then she turns to Nathaniel. And then that's when Pip gets on top of her. And they're both chewing <laughs> Like, Pip is, like, mimicking the bus driver's attitude and mannerisms. <laughs> That's the moment I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy Pip in this film. Yes. <laughs> yes. He was funny. He was a funny yeah, character. Definitely. Speaking of characters, though, did you have any favorite characters or was there one that stood out to you that you, you really enjoyed in the film? Hmm. Um, I mean, Giselle, Amy Adams plays Giselle and she did such a fantastic job of embodying a Disney princess. She nailed it. Yeah. Um, you could not help, <laughs> but I don't know. I was, I was so like, even though she was like over the top, I mean, she had the princess hands down to a T every, like the way that she spoke and how certain words would become sing songy. Right. You know, she, I mean, she was, she had it down. Oh, you believe like she literally stepped right out of a Disney film. Yes. Like that's exactly yes. what it looked like. Yeah. Yes, she perfectly played um, the innocent, kind, generous, beautiful princess that all the Disney princesses embody, you know. She was just so funny <laughs> in, in the ways that she would deliver her lines, in um, the way that she portrays this character who's entering this world that is just completely foreign to her right. and what she's used to, and how... So many of of the funny things that come from her come out of her innocence or come out of her just seeing the best in people without the jadedness of what it is to live in the real world, you know? Right. So the comedic timing and stuff that she had, Giselle was definitely one of my favorite characters because you never quite knew what she was going to do next or how she was going to react to, you know, different things. 
Yes, you know, and one one of my favorite scenes. So you you touched on the opening. You know how they played that homage to Cinderella with all of the animals helping out mm-hmm. when she does the same thing oh. in New York. <laughs> yes. But it's all like these pests and vermin, <laughs> like mice we and cockroaches. can always make new friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was so great. And, and yes. like, there was like gnats and it was like literally every pest you could think of. Yes. The image of seeing these pests, basically cleaning the apartment (laughs) part of me was like this is interesting but you literally have like some of the dirtiest animals and creatures in the planet right (laughs) like cleaning Cleaning the apartment yes so it's like (laughs) but it it was it was freaking hilarious and then of course when robert and his daughter wake up and i see (laughs) the commotion you know it's just yeah our our house is literally infested right now and that was just a a hilarious take (laughs) Yes. Uh, yeah, I, I love that. That was a great scene. Yes, and I so I would definitely say Giselle is one of my one of I mean as the main one of the main characters, and then um, for the same reason, Prince Edward, played by James Marsden, he, <laughs> he, he he was, was made perfect. for that role. <laughs> he he really was. Yeah, Giselle, like oh my gosh, so many. <laughs> yeah, so many of his lines were just so funny to me the best is when he sees her in the park and then he jumps down from the bridge and starts singing and then the the cyclists run him over (laughs) that was great because it was unexpected and i loved it yes oh my gosh there were yes definitely moments like that and then i just also enjoyed kind of the interaction between um giselle and robert who um who is the new york version of her prince i suppose that she ends up um meeting and and his daughter morgan yep and just like her even (laughs) as a as a child actor her portrayal of that character and her line delivery also had just some really (laughs) fun comedic elements to it i thought she did a great job um their interactions were really funny Uh, at the same time i really enjoyed um nathaniel and pip (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to touch on. Yeah, I I mean, I already mentioned Pip, but yeah, the interactions between Nathaniel and Pip throughout the film was just great. And I think one of my favorites was in the uh, Italian restaurant or the pizza restaurant mm, they were yeah. at. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you have Pip like hiding under the pizza. <laughs> and then, of course, you know, Morgan, the little girl's like, the pizza's breathing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and then, you know, Nathaniel picks it up and throws it in the fire. And of course, you know, Pip narrowly escapes and he, I think he's trapped in a bottle. And then... When Pip is like uh, first uh, meets Edward in the the fast food restaurant, and he's like acting out the whole uh, interaction between Nathaniel <laughs> and Giselle yes. and the evil queen, and <laughs> how for Giselle he like makes his body all slender, and he's like doing the little like sing songy voice, but in chickmunk. It <laughs> reminded speak. me of Chip and Dale, like their yes, <laughs> their little yes. banter and stuff. Yeah, yeah, very much. No, that was funny. Yeah, it was great. It, yeah, it was definitely like a throwback to uh, like the classic, like, you know, cartoon shorts, Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. all, all that kind of stuff. It was, yeah, <laughs> that's great. It's funny, too, because Pip's voice like in Andalasia is like so like he's basically has this kind of like thick, like Brooklyn, like New York type accent. <laughs> <laughs> so it's kind of funny to juxtapose that to him in New York when he's voiceless or he just speaks in Chickmunk speak, you know? <laughs> Like, it's funny. Like, just, I, I'm sure that was on purpose and it, it worked because it, it got a laugh out of me. 
Well, let's say uh, we get to the heart of it and uh, talk about uh, the hope and inspiration that we drew from the film. So, uh, Amy, what uh, what kind of hope and inspiration did uh, Enchanted leave you with? Um, well, I think one of the key things was um, just living living life like Giselle and um, having a kind spirit um, that wants to be nice and help people. Like <laughs> I, I think of the scene where, um, you know, she's uh, gets taken to work with Robert and he's dealing with the, the couple that's getting divorced. She doesn't understand what that is. She just sees this, this beautiful couple and the potential that's there and, right. and can see like, well, I can see why, you know, why you would be in love. And <laughs> she just, she just sees the, the positive and the best of everything. It definitely is just a reminder to to have hope, to look for that that silver lining, to look for the positive. I think also of the scene where uh, they're in the park and Robert gives her money so that she can go, you know, get, you know, the transportation back to Andalusia or whatever she needs to go home. <laughs> and you see her, she goes to the park and she ends up talking to the little old lady on the bench and she ends up giving her the money that she was given didn't even like think twice about it just handed it to her but um so just that that kindness that generosity and and um Giselle was always kind of looking for ways to um to help so like the whole incident with Robert and his fiance Nancy uh, played by the great Adina Menzel. Who, ironically enough, does not sing yeah, at all. Doesn't sing a single thing yeah. in this movie, which I, is different. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, Robert needs to basically uh, make amends. <laughs> and so Giselle suggests, you know, sending not just flowers, but like this beautiful wreath carried by two white doves that literally like deliver it via flight <laughs> like they fly it to her <laughs> yeah. and uh and you know she suggests you know getting two tickets to a ball that happens to be happening in in new york that same week and um so just you know looking for ways to to help and just be kind like i look at and and honest and conversations that she has with um robert's daughter morgan and just the the raw honesty that she has with her and, and the sweet sweetness and tenderness and that they have something in common. Giselle doesn't know her mom and Morgan's mom is gone. So they both don't have moms, but you know, e even though the uh, wicked Narissa future, <laughs> future uh, stepmom, she doesn't see her as wicked or evil, but like only sees, oh, um, but I'm going to have, I'm going to have a stepmom. Yeah, of course she expects the, or she sees the best in her right away. Yeah. yeah. I just think that so much of who Giselle and her character is embodies that, that, that you know, childlike hope. Eternal optimism. Yeah. Mm hmm. And I think as the movie progresses, um, we do see that Giselle kind of becomes a little more, <laughs> um, attuned to the reality of the world around her but that doesn't necessarily dampen her her spirit i think she just gets i don't know a little more grounded i'd say <laughs> in her approach yeah and for me that's uh because i think you're spot on with the character of giselle and i think there is definitely something there with uh 
you know, this idea of trying to see the best in people first and just expect good things. And, you know, it's kind of that positive affirmation. If you see the world through, you know, rose colored glasses and hopefully, you know, goodness will manifest itself around you just by, you know, your willpower. But I also think there's something to be said. uh, They touch to me a a little bit on the idea of mental health a bit. I think it's interesting how Giselle and Robert, you know, the way they meet and how they both affect one another throughout the film. You know, obviously Giselle sort of affects Robert in a way like, you know, starts to get him seeing things a little more on the positive side. Clearly, like, Mm -hmm. you know, his whole world was kind of shattered and destroyed when his wife left him. And so he was very just pessimistic about life and just what's the point just you know right uh i'm just it's all about me and my daughter and to heck with everybody else pretty much like good things don't happen i almost get the feeling that it was more about like it was survival at that point like right he you know there's there's the whole thing about you know um nancy nancy couldn't stay over you know because it was it was for Morgan, for Morgan's sake, but it was almost like he was, you know, being super protective because it was about surviving. Yeah, he he like walled himself off basically. Yeah. yeah, 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 and and I mean, and so he was basically didn't really believe in quote unquote love anymore. I mean, that's kind of why he was a divorce lawyer and <laughs> all of that stuff. You know, clearly played into it. And of course, Giselle was the complete opposite of that. And as her Robert got uh, to know one another, like. Giselle started, as you mentioned, like getting a little more grounded. And one of the pivotal scenes for her was in uh, Robert's apartment uh, when he's basically telling her that, you know, Edward's not coming, you know, and she's just, oh, is that all you say? No, no, no. Mm -hmm. And they basically, she feels anger for the first time. And you can see like when she recognizes that, (laughs) she's like so amazed. Like, this is new. Like, I've never felt this. Yeah. And it's like in that moment, like she started becoming more of a complete individual. Like she was allowing herself to feel 100%, you know, for the full emotional gamut. She, it's like mm-hmm. prior to that, there was this whole side of her that was just closed off. And I think she didn't really even necessarily see that, you know, she was only living half her truth, you know, mm, yeah. there was this whole other side to her. And Robert kind of unlocked that. There and is like a message there too about just yes, you need to have like the childlike whimsy and the hope and the eternal optimism. That's great, but you also have to ground it a bit. You can't just be sunshine and rainbows uh, because unfortunately, yeah, the world can kind of you know be an unkind place. So it's it's good to be a little grounded as well. And so I think that's why they work so well because. Basically, the both of them are only living like half of half of a life. You know, they were there was this mm. whole other side to yeah. each of them that was walled off that they unlocked within each other, and I think that's why they were such a perfect match. You know, especially by the end, it was great for me, like just to see like how that evolved throughout the film, and it was just, yeah, I just found it fascinating because I think you know, there's only so much uh, we can bottle up because, you know, you can be someone like Giselle, but if you do it to a fault where you just completely don't feel negative emotions at all, you just wall that mm-hmm. self, you know, that's going to have negative consequences down the road as well. So I, I think in a way it, w- it was kind of speaking to that, like the idea of like being true to yourself and allowing yourself to feel everything. Now I was reading, I forget what blog I was reading. But they were talking about how, um, like Giselle and Robert, 
in that moment, they do like almost like a character, a character switch, or it's more Giselle like finally understands like the complexity of emotions and of reality where at the same time, like that's where Robert makes his like switch and almost like feels something for her. And in that moment, like that's why the ball. Yeah. I was like, Oh, well, and, and I think that that's why that seemed to me so pivotal because I feel like Giselle in that moment when she got angry, like she basically was, being a complete per- like her true self at that point right like everything was converging and i think that's also got robert seeing her different for the first time like oh you know like it isn't all just sunshine and rainbows and that, that's interesting and mm-hmm. you know i i just yeah i i feel like that's that's a pretty pivotal scene for me and i i love too like the juxtaposition with giselle's character at the end so you know of course the film starts with her in all of these like grandiose like outfits right like very reminiscent of disney princesses and mm-hmm. and then the end when they go to the ball where everyone actually is dressed in the, that kind of attire like she would fit right in what does she choose like she chooses a regular dress <laughs> and so she kind of still stands out but this time because she's more more of a new yorker <laughs> than she was originally it's still a beautiful gown it's just yeah absolutely. simple and modern and different right it's different from anything we've seen her in, yeah. Yeah, she she's embraced kind of this new world that she's in. And I, I, yeah, I thought that was cool. And then, of course, like her and Morgan pick out the dress together. So there, there's mm-hmm. that. I love that tied scene. Into it. It's great. Their, yeah. <laughs> their, <laughs> their little shopping, shopping montage is super cute. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely love that part. But I, I love still, though, that, you know, even through... Giselle's transition at the end of the movie when you see the the happy ending um <laughs> because there is there is a happily ever after in this one gotta have it in a Disney film yeah, yeah you you see her um still uh embracing the things that you know one of one of the the funny moments earlier in the movie is when she's at um Robert's apartment and stays the night and then wakes up the next morning and makes herself a new dress <laughs> because from the curtains yeah um there's and there's two infamous dresses that she makes from <laughs> random things that she finds in the apartment right and and how that gets tied into um tied tied in there at the ending um and then just the fun that she's having with Robert and Morgan and the joy um, that she's still, you know, that same fun-loving girl who, you know, still enjoys the things that she's loved. She's still passionate about things she's passionate about, um, but definitely has that um, sort of new complexity to her. Um, and you see her very happy in in her new reality, <laughs> which is kind yeah. of Yeah, well, and it's great. Yeah, basically, they've they've found each other and they've come full circle and grown as people and they're, they're fulfilled. And you can tell, like, at the end, like, that's what that whole fun scene is for me. It's just, they're truly, like, happy. Like, it, it truly is a happy ending. Like, they, you know, they, they uh, have come to terms with, like, the parts of them that they weren't allowing themselves to feel. And there you go. They're, they're complete. Which, by the way, I, I love the ending, too, like how they incorporate the storybook ending, you know, like how everything starts folding yes. into like this pop up style book. Uh, yeah, I thought that was really cool. Well, because that and that again, that's how Sleeping Beauty ends. It ends right. with the book closing at the end. So, so I was like, ah, 
<laughs> Sleeping Beauty vibes. I'm loving it. Yeah, yeah. And then, of yeah. course, we end again with the amazing Julie Andrews, like taking us out of the film, which perfect way to end. Yeah, and after after all of the, I remember watching it with my sister. We we made a game out of trying to name all of the different scenes that they somehow included in the movie. So you know, like the Snow White. And the apple, the poison right. apple, you know. Right. Um, but there were like very distinct moments where, like, okay, they took that scene exactly out of such and such movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, there were so many of those moments. We had fun kind of naming those scenes throughout the movie. Yeah, it seems like uh, Cin- Cinderella, Snow White, and Sleeping Beauty were the ones that they really seemed to play homage to the most. Uh, yeah, there was Little Mermaid in yeah, there. Yeah, Little Mermaid. The the which, by the way, that was great when she's staring at the aquarium at uh, Robert's <laughs> office, and then you hear like under the sea kind of playing. And, uh, that <laughs> yeah. that was great. Yep. And then, of course, seeing Jodie Benson as Robert's secretary or <laughs> assistant. Yeah. Uh, you know, of course, the voice of Ariel. So that that was definitely a nice touch. I think my favorite, though, is the one where Prince Edward is uh, looking for Giselle in uh, Robert's apartment building. And he opens the one door and it's the lady with like the children. All and the she's kids. like, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> and that's actually the singing voice of Pocahontas. Pocahontas, which is great. yep, yep, yeah. yep. Yeah, that was funny. <laughs> but that, like, that, yeah, that was one of the funniest moments in the film. And I love that. You're too late. <laughs> so uh, funny. That's great. This movie definitely just sort of pays homage to all of the Disney classic fairy tale movies. But um, I know that just when I think back to watching the classic fairy tales, I don't know, all those all those movies um, just sort of they make you dream. <laughs> they make you think about, you know, whatever, whatever that far fetched dream is that maybe one day that dream will actually come true. And I think what. What Enchanted sort of takes from that and carries on is um, that like deep down inside, we really just want, we want hope, we want happiness, <laughs> we want positivity. And um, and at the core of Enchanted, that's kind of what I felt when, when this movie ended. So I, I think going back and watching it now, after however many years it's been, uh, I still had that great feeling and um and then when they added it to Disney Plus, I hear all this talk about there's a sequel. There's a That's sequel right. coming. Yeah. And it's called hmm, Disenchanted. <laughs> yes, which is uh very interesting. It makes you uh really ponder like what it's going to be what, about. What's going to happen next? <laughs> yeah. And and we know we know that who's coming back for this one. I believe most of the principal characters are coming back. I, I know Amy Adams is back. I've heard Patrick Dempsey is actually supposed to sing. Yes. Yeah. Very I don't, interesting. I don't know about Idina Menzel, but I've heard she's coming back as I'm well. I'm sure she'll be there. And James Marsden. James Marsden will be there. Yeah. But we have a new villain. Yes. Yes. It's going to be interesting. I, I'm very curious. Like. The title obviously sounds kind of ominous. A little bit. <laughs> like, disenchanted. Like, are we basically going to undo the things we did in the I'm, original I'm one? Yeah. Uh, is there going to be maybe a new spell that somehow, I, I don't know. Well, we'll see. 
But uh, I, I am looking forward to visiting that world again. Uh, particularly, I hope they have uh, Alan Menken involved again with the music. We'll, we'll see. I haven't really heard anything on that, but the score uh, for Enchanted was great. Uh, it, it was just, it, it paid homage to the Disney classic songbook so well, but really was also its own thing. And uh, yeah, I loved it. So that I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And just, yeah, any chance to spend more time with Amy Adams in that role? <laughs> yes. Uh, it's, yeah, I can't get I'm, enough. I'm She's so good I'm definitely curious. Definitely curious to see what happens next with them. And also because at the end of Enchanted, we have Amy and Robert in New York with their happy ending. And Prince Edward and Nancy sort of take off to Andalasia. So I'm wondering, like, are we going to have some um, some time in Andalasia? I don't know. I don't know. It'll be interesting. But I, I did hear um, Maya Rudolph is supposed to play the villain in this one. Oh, okay. That could be interesting. So it, it, yeah, I think it could be fun. I don't know. I'm, I'm anxious. I can't wait to hear um, when it's actually coming out because I'm going to have to watch that one for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. I will be there uh, day one when it launches on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> well that about does it for this uh, inaugural edition of Cinespark I hope you've enjoyed it honestly Amy and I love talking movies and this gives us a great excuse to do so of course we're looking at everything through a lens of hope and positivity so if you haven't seen Enchanted uh, hopefully this uh, sparked your interest and you give it a go it's on Disney Plus Uh, I think you'll enjoy it All right. Well, I think that about does it for this episode. If you enjoyed your time with us, the best way to ensure you never miss a conversation is to subscribe and follow the podcast. You can do that at worldofhopes.com. And we'd love to connect with you in between episodes at our Instagram. You can find us at Hopes. And uh, don't forget to tag us in any stories of hope you find. Share with us your own experiences of hope and positivity. If you have any movie recommendations that you think uh, are great examples of hope and positivity that you want to share with us, you can send those our way there as well. Yes, please do. And uh, with that, don't forget to spread a little bit of hope in your corner of the world. Thanks for listening. And until next time. Take care. We'll see you soon. Bye. But more importantly, we want you to know whatever you're going through, whatever. <laughs> I was trying not to look at you, but I was I'm sorry. Still... <laughs> but then I was thinking about looking at you. No, it wasn't even that you were looking at me because no. I was trying I was trying not to smirk. I was trying really hard not to I thought smirk. Head, like, okay, don't look at her. Oh, and then I'm picturing. Oh, I'm looking at her and laughing. And then it happens. Mm. It was the thought of looking at you that, yeah.